Welcome to Beth and Jordan Rewatch. I'm Jordan, and I'm a nerd. And I'm Beth, and I'm also a nerd. For our show, we will rewatch TV shows and movies that Beth and I have enjoyed and try to look at them with a fresh perspective. For this season, we will be rewatching Avatar The Last Airbender for the third time for me and for the three millionth time for Jordan. So let's start with season three, episodes nine through 11. So let's begin today's episode. Uh, So we're doing things a little bit differently. You may have caught it in the intro, but we are actually doing three episodes. So why three episodes? Um, Nightmares and Daydreams episode nine is a fairly straightforward 20 some odd minute episode. Um, But then you go right into Day of Black Sun with episodes 10 and 11. Day of Black Sun and, um, oh, I'm going to forget what the other one's called. Part one, Um, the invasion and part two, the eclipse. There it is. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we have decided to do all three episodes. We'll see how long this pulls our production. Um, we also are going to, for our recaps, make a slight revision on the rules. Beth has elected to recap season, season three, episode nine, Nightmares and Daydreams, and the same rules will still apply. She'll have one minute to do that. Um, but then I have decided to try to do both episodes 10 and 11 for the Day of Black Sun part one and two. Um, and we have decided to give me one minute and 30 seconds to do that. Um, so we will give that a try. Uh, so Beth, Nightmares and Daydreams, are you ready? I am ready. Three, two, one, go. All right. So the meat of the episode is actually the B-plot with Zuko, where he's hanging out with May and ordering servants around. Looks like he's having the time of his life. And then he figures out that, oh, my dad's having a war meeting and I wasn't invited. He kind of pouts about that for a while until it turns out, whoa, he is invited. And he's like, man, this is all I ever wanted. I was literally sitting at my father's right hand and getting the respect that I wanted. And you can tell he's still not happy about it. Uh, meanwhile, on the A plot, Aang can't sleep because he's like, oh, shoot, I actually have to kill the Fire Lord because he hadn't apparently thought about that beforehand and has a bunch of really <laughs> random dreams, none of which have any sort of relevance to the main plot. Oh, there's so much time left. On there. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason I volunteered to do this one. <laughs> yeah, I think you had I think it. I think by my count, it was 24 seconds you had left. <laughs> <laughs> I watched these episodes a week and a half ago. <laughs> Yes, yes. For those of you who are following us sequentially, we did sort of take the week off last week, not on purpose. Uh, we're just going to be honest; it was a, a conflict of schedules. So we would like to say, like, we were taking a week of rest. Nah, we <laughs> just didn't make it work. Um, so that's why. So maybe that's the other reason why we're cramming three episodes into one week. Um, there you go. Yeah. All right. I have the day of Black Sun. I can't crack my knuckles, but I'm I'm trying. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Beth, I am as ready as I'll ever be. All right, yeah. let's do this in three, two, one, go. Team Avatar meets up with um, all of their random friends from throughout the world to start the invasion. Sokka doubts his leadership skills, but he has some pretty cool inventions he's been inventions he's been working on. Um, they do this really cool sequence, which we'll go into more detail in the analysis about how exactly they burst through the gates, but they're making their way up toward the Imperial City. Um, Aang goes up and doesn't seem to find the Fire Lord and is very confused. Meanwhile, the invasion seems to be going well. They're attacking firebenders well with all their cool new gizmos and gadgets, um, but they discover that they knew that the, the Team Avatar was coming, and so they suspect that this might be a trap. Part two. In part two, they decide to go forward with it anyway. Um, as they 
are going around. Azula, of course, is sneaky and distracts Aang, Sokka, and Toph um, until the eclipse is over. Um, the whole invasion turns out to be a failure as the time is used up. Most of Team Avatar's most of the adults are captured while Team Avatar runs off with new childhood friends. Meanwhile, Zuko decides to confront his father and finally make good decisions and be so happy and yay. Um, and it runs off after beating his father back by redirecting his lightning back at him, and we see him with an airship going after the Avatar. You did that with 16 seconds to spare for your minute and a half time. Yes. And I know I ignored I know somebody out there will be like, you really didn't give it enough detail. And to you, I say. <laughs> I had to recap 40 minutes of TV in less than two minutes. Give me a break. Cause that's what right. I would say. <laughs> exactly. Tough cookies is what I would say. <laughs> going to go ahead and get into the part where we get to analyze the episodes. I'm starting with episode nine, Nightmares and Daydreams. And I know, Beth, you and I kind of hope to, we, we want to talk about this episode, give it to but I know we're hoping to just spend a little bit on this one and then really go blow by blow on Day of Black Sun because, to be honest, that's where the action is. I don't know what you're talking about, Jordan. This is the most heavy, deep, and intense episode of Avatar. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I just want to say, I think I mean, obviously, all of all of the interesting stuff is in Zuko's um, plotline. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Aang's stuff is like, he gets nervous. Cool. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. There's, there's no, I don't know what there is to unpack really there, but I think there's a ton to unpack on Zuko. So if, yeah. if you don't mind, I think we're just going to pretend Aang and Team Avatar don't exist for a second. Uh, you will not hear me complaining about that. <laughs> awesome. And I, so I think I want, what I want to go to is, you know, that thing you said when you were doing the recap, um, I think, I think in many ways, that's the theme of this, of this episode for Zuko. It reminds me of you, you, yeah, you've definitely seen the Prince of Egypt, right? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say like, like every like having known you long enough, it's like, I'm a hundred percent, like I'm fairly certain it's, she has. It's actually my favorite animated movie of all time. So yes, right. I know exactly where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah, so as you can guess, the part where Moses does the song, All I Ever Wanted. Um, surely this is all I ever wanted. You know, just, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I love that this rings just as much as that does. Um, just like in the movie Prince of Egypt. Um, incidentally, Princes, I just made that connection too. Um, <laughs> wow. Oh. Um, but anyway, like just like in Prince of Egypt, you know, where they do a montage of like all the good things going on with Moses, you know, here we see... And in Avatar, or yeah, in Avatar, we see with Zuko. I mean, yeah, I, I like how you said that in the recap. Like he, it seems like things genuinely are good. And he seems not even creepy happy anymore. Like just happy, happy. This is the life that he'd been dreaming about for all of his years in exile. Right. And even like, I mean, I, I wrote it down at the very beginning. And you know, no wonder Zuko couldn't handle life roughing it out in the woods. Like, <laughs> He literally has a palanquin, you know, going from his house to May's house. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's so interesting. But he seems, and I don't know, this is actually probably the least gaggy Zuko and May are. And it's still pretty gaggy. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, but I don't know. This is probably the least gaggy they get. Yeah. Like, like a happy May is still very disturbing. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's 
it, it is oddly refreshing and, and a little bit weird to see like Zuko. this is what it looks like for zuko to get everything he wants mm-hmm. but then of course we know we know the end result of that mm-hmm. he gets everything he wants and discovers that it's it's not enough I guess, although, like, I guess it's not exactly not enough, but it's not really what he wanted. It's what he thought he wanted. Exactly. And it's and it's so comforting as an audience, because, like, this is what Iroh has been trying to tell him for a long time, is that what she offers is not what you think it is. You know, when he was talking about Azula. Um, and here we see, I don't know, here, here we see for Zuko that, you know, he got to be the son that... He, that his father that his father i don't know if his father has has the capacity to love but that his father wants anyway he has his father's approval let's see mm-hmm. what that um he has his honor but and it's not even like before it was like oh it's because the avatar is alive it's not even that anymore it just doesn't feel right anymore mm-hmm because as much as he wishes he could be that perfect prince, like his time in exile changed him and he can't, he can't be this person. It's always going to feel hollow and empty and fake to him. Exactly. And what we'll find out in a future episode is in that fire nation meeting, like he, he does reflect a little bit on his time in the earth kingdom. Um, and like, it's obvious that it's obvious that he has an empathy, um, for the people of the earth kingdom. Um, and so, and that's and that's just something that w- did not exist before he got sent into exile. Um, and so, there's just no way now that he has an empathy for the quote-unquote enemy, there's just no way he can act the same. And so, yeah, I don't. I guess I don't know what else there is to say to that, but that's just. Yeah, I don't think there really is any. I mean, yeah, like you said, we're skipping over Team Avatar entirely. So, <laughs> right, but it's just I don't know. It's, it's a nice still, little bit of Zuko character development. Right. And you and I are always suckers for that. So oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Okay. So I guess we'll only spend five minutes on that, which is perfectly fine because it's Day of Black Sun time. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. This is like, sorry, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> but this is so exciting. Like, this was a lot like when, um, like, the Earth King episode, like, if we're just getting into the Jordan acting like a stereotypical male um, aspect of things, like in the Earth King episode, I loved the b- opening battle scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and man, do I love the fight scenes in this in the in these two episodes. Uh, particularly, like I love all the cr- the cra- the crafty creative technology. Mm-hmm. I love the submarines. I love. You know, I love the use of their air of their air power and their teaming up of like Katara with using her water bending to to slice off the little random exploding hook things. That part I don't understand. But, um, <laughs> even the gates of Azulon are kind of cool. It's like it's cool seeing how these how they're taking their bending and using it in in a way that's really really awesome and impressive. Mm-hmm. And merging bending with technology together to create like these earth bending driven tanks and these water bending driven submarines and Aang gets yeah. some air power. Like it's yes. so good. It's so good. And so I love I love the battles and the fights because I know that they, they marry that technology together so effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course they get the little jokes in about, you know, that we would get about technology or like, oh, what a novel idea these things are. And to which we're like, yeah, whatever. But um, but it's still, it's still, uh, it's still fun to see. 
Uh-huh. And it's also so fun to see like these people that we met over the last two seasons just regrouping for this like massive final battle, right? Right. Exactly. Yes. So it feels it has this nice this nice com- like closure or completeness feel to it. It's payoff I didn't know I needed. <laughs> exactly. Um, and in a lot of ways, like at least I know when I first watched this because I didn't know how many episodes there were. I thought this was the end of the. I thought this was the end of the series, but I was also like. 13 um Mm -hmm. so i didn't know better um and so it's just like yeah all right we're gonna take out the fire lord the gang's all here we're gonna ride in the cavalry and fire lord's got no chance except (laughs) they knew they were coming Zula. Oh, Zula. I love it so much. I love that this show doesn't let our heroes succeed easily, and that Azula is actually a good and scary and difficult to face villain, and it just makes the stakes so much better. <laughs> right. And you know, it was something where when I rewatched, you know, when we rewatched the season two Earth Kingdom episodes, and where Katara, or where the Earth King lets slip about the Day of Black Sun invasion. You know, then on the rewatch, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's how Azula knows this is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So it's just, uh, it's, 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 so, it's so good. And her plan is so clever, getting Dai Li agents to come with her uh, so that even when the firebending is gone, she's got some of the best earthbenders in the world to protect her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And maybe... Maybe even with that random fire Fire Nation noble, maybe he purposely was supposed to send them the wrong way. Who knows? Um, I wouldn't be surprised. It is right? Azula after all. Exactly. And so uh, it's just so she's so sneaky and mm-hmm. uh, so frustrating, uh-huh. but so good at the same time. Even the plan that the Fire Nation had for that day, there are just so many different layers to it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they could have kept people in and been like, oh, stay in your homes, yada, yada. Um, the fact that they decided to empty the capital city, it's its not just protecting lives and protecting their people and things like that, although I'm sure there is an element of that to that as well. What I kind of see that is, is after the Fire Nation wins and they know they're going to win because they have the upper hand in this situation, um, when all of those nobles return, they will see like, oh, look at what those horrible Earth Kingdom and waterbenders did to our beautiful town. Like they mm. just came in here and pillaged it and like mm. give them a even more conviction that their their way is the best and the most right. And that like I, that's kind of how I read into that as well. That's interesting. I'd have never I'd have never thought of that. But that little piece of propaganda. That's interesting. Yeah, I. Yeah, that and that definitely works. That's that's an interesting bit of propaganda I would have never thought. Um, uh, yes, yeah. So there's that. There's oh, I don't know. I just I'm looking at all these tracks that we can go down. <laughs> Beth, like we could talk about we could talk about the whole. So we we like there's the Azula track. There's the whole. There's you know there's Iroh. There's um, the whole Sokka and his leadership. Yeah, let's zoom in on Sokka a little bit. Oh my baby, Sokka. <laughs> Just because, um, like, again, show's not afraid to show a protagonist's failing. Him trying to right. give the give the speech and not doing a good job of it. Like he's grown so much and he has come so far, but he's not quite there yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's interesting because, like, I'll tell you what: when Hakoda then um, comes in and does it all well, there was a part of me I remember, like, the first time I watched it, that had an inkling of 
something's going to happen to him. Because, oh, like, no. well, you know, it's, it's uh-huh. one of those things where, you know, like an episode sets you up, like, with, oh, here's a guy who never does wrong or, like, can succeed in every situation. And it's a too good to be true situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I remember when, like, he went in to the one turret and, like, you know, there's the explosion. I thought he was going to die. Mm. Uh, which, fortunately, he doesn't. But then, but then our main man, Sokka. Oh, Sokka. My, my, my bud, my pal. Um, <laughs> steps up to the situation and is just like, I got this. And then Hakoda, and then Hakoda's like, you've got this, son, and I'm proud of you and all this stuff. And oh, God, Hakoda. Uh, such a good father figure. Uh, why are you so good at being a father? I'm such uh, a sucker for this. <laughs> oh, oh, it's so good. And it's so tear jerking. And I feel like as I get older, I get more weepy as a person. And so like every time I watch <laughs> more and more, I'm like, oh, God, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, yes. And, it's so, and, and, you know, for, like Sokka, man, he he needs to cut himself some slack. The dude invented submarines. I know, right? <laughs> like now, granted, his depiction was rudimentary yes he left something to be desired and for sure um shoot what's what's his character name i forget not not the inventor um oh the mechanist thank you the mechanist thank you yes for sure the mechanist is the one who made it happen um but but i mean come on Sokka literally like like submarines powered by water bending (laughs) that is amazing like that is that is impressive, an impressive technological leap. And like without without Sokka's planning, the day would have never even remotely been possible. Mm-hmm. So, like at the end of the day, even though he couldn't give the big inspiring speech, like he's the reason the plan was even happening. Exactly. Exactly. He is the one who sent communication out to the four winds and gathered all the random water and earth benders he could find. Um Exactly. They are so, I mean, truly, you know, let's pretend that Aang had found the right room, although I'm not sure he would have known what to do once he found the fire lord. (laughs) More on that later. Um, But, but like he, he set them up for success, Mm -hmm. which is crazy because the fire nation is overpowered and like should not even should not even like break a sweat with these guys now granted losing firebending of course has a big impact on that but but he does well he sets them up for success and yeah uh it's just another example for Sokka to show how how far he's how far he's come and he's still the one who figures out even though he falls for it again in the end he's the one who figures out azula's tricks mm-hmm. and she knows that she's and he knows that she's playing with them even though in the end she manages to pull on his heartstrings and all that stuff but <laughs> Yep, just had to push the just had to push the Suki button. <laughs> yes, it's always it's always those girls with Sokka. It's either it's the Moon or it's Suki. <laughs> moon is an is an is an honorable spirit. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about for Sokka? Uh, no, I think that's good. All right, because we have to. We have to then, as we talk about my main man, we got to get to your main man. Yeah. <laughs> the one, the only, Prince Zuko. Oh, finally. finally makes good choices. Finally, Zuko, you're on the path of righteousness. Oh, man. Just his con- his whole confrontation with his dad. Like, 
the amount of strength and even like even though he's like oh like if it wasn't during the eclipse you wouldn't have the bravery to face him like it's it's hard enough for people to stand up to their abusers like in the world in the world we live in right now in a world Mm -hmm. without bending like Mm -hmm. it's 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 so empowering to watch him stand up and say like like just just confront him and tell him like no you're a terrible father and i am the man that i am today because of uncle iroh and i am going to it's not my job to kill you but i'm going to go help the avatar do it like ah! (laughs) (laughs) on what what emotional payoff for him to finally verbalize what we all know to be true like that we like he finally says out loud the truth like things we have known and we've been like come on zuko see the truth see the reality and he and he finally says out loud, you know, the world hates us. Like I've seen, you know, what a tre- we were told that we were the greatest nation on earth. What a tremendous lie that was um, to say exactly to say like how Iroh has been a father to me um, to say like to admit to himself that he's been trying to get his father's honor. And that was never something that he could get like to, to finally admit these truths like, oh, God, what emotional payoff. Um, for us as an audience who have been rooting for Zuko to finally make good choices. And he mm-hmm. finally does. Uh, I had to like, look up this one quote that he says too. like, for so long, all I wanted was for you to love me, to accept me. I thought it was my honor I wanted, but really I was just trying to please you. My father who banished me for talking out of turn, who challenged me a 13 year old boy to an Agni Kai. How could you di- justify a duel with a child? Like he's taking that step back and like going, no, like this isn't right. Like just because it's normalized doesn't mean it's right. And right. I can see that now because I've learned things like on my travels and basically the punishment made me who I am today. And that person knows that you're evil. Like, oh, yes. Oh, Zuko. Oh, and so, uh. and what's so freaking rewarding is like, because his father is right in the sense of like, oh, you get to do this during an eclipse whatever like when when i'm powerless and you have those swords but you know what the moment he has the upper hand when the fire lord has the upper hand again he shoots his freaking lightning right back at him and it's just <sighs> like it's just like no which like that is so immensely satisfying it's mm-hmm. like you think that there is a go- like there is a gulf of power level and there is but it is not as it is not it is not as deep as you think Mm -hmm. and that is just so freaking satisfying it is and you know who taught him that trick not his father his (laughs) his freaking uncle taught him that trick just because just like his freaking uncle taught him how to be a decent human being because then like at that point ozai has to know like my son leaving me alive isn't a show of weakness like he could have killed me yes which is probably something he will never like would probably make him more pissed off than anything yeah Um, but yes, exactly. It's not a sign of weakness. He could do it, um, but he didn't because he's because he's a coward, or I don't know. However, 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 uh, a real world Ozai would think that through. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yes, and so of course Zuko then goes off and he's like, "I'm gonna free Uncle I- Uncle Iroh." Yeah, doesn't need to. <laughs> child, child. Uncle, Uncle Iroh's Iro. been getting prison fit and busting himself out. <laughs> Uncle Iroh don't need no help from you. Oh, child. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. He was busting fools before you could walk. 
<laughs> the dragon of the West. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, I've seen so many memes on YouTube about like the whole prison dragon of the West scene um, or like, you know, the prison guard, like they, that, you know, that mocked him the whole time. Um, hmm. And just like, like, he's just like, he's an unstoppable force and all this stuff. And I've seen so many memes, like some of them more appropriate than others. Um, but, like, <laughs> <laughs> but just, oh, the force of nature that Iroh has become. And just, oh, just another satisfying scene. Like for so much disappointment, because truly this episode has a ton of disappointment, mm-hmm. uh, especially for Team Avatar. But for all that disappointment and frustration, on the fu- on the side of firebenders that we like, man, is there a lot of satisfy- satisfying endings there. Oh, yeah. It's like the inverse of a season two episode, whereas in season yes. two, things would look like they're going okay and then end with just a like, nope, you thought. This one, it's like, oh, it looks like things are going badly, but we're going to leave you a glimmer of hope at the end. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's very, yes, it's very, it's, and this whole season has struck that tone. This whole season has gone with optimism you know if, if season two was as you you kept saying the empire strikes back i'm not saying this is return of the jedi of any stro- stretch of the imagination but yeah, it, kind is. it works it, it, it works for that analogy but it very but this this season does not leave you i'm not even sure i can think of an episode that comes up where we're going to end the episode on a dark note mm. uh, it's just and i and i'm and i apologize if that's a spoiler <laughs> But like, there's no, and I, but I can't think of any episodes so far. Like, there may have been contemplative things. There may have been like things where it was a little creepy, like in the case of Hama and um, the, mm-hmm. uh, oh my gosh, the puppet master. Mm-hmm. But, but never like a. This is a lingering problem that's going to come back to bite us in the butt. Um, always, you know, always a lot more hopeful. This season is just so much more hopeful. Mm-hmm. Just uh, so nice. And since we're in this area of talking about the whole prison scene, um, you and I already talked to you about this bit of trivia. Uh, this has been a few weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the guard that's nice to Iroh um, is actually a celebrity um, cameo appearance. And so some of you may know out there that Serena Williams is actually a huge Avatar The Last Airbender fan. Um, it's actually all over her Twitter page. And so the show creators um, actually let her voice a cameo. So the character of Ming, the, the, the kind guard who Iroh tells to not be at the prison, you know, um, on the day of Black Sun, that one is voiced by Serena Williams, um, which I think is really cool. I, I, I like the fact that like sports people get into these nerdy things and then they get <laughs> rewarded for it. They re- get rewarded for taking a risk. <laughs> True. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, the, unfortunately, the you know, if there is a dark um, Empire Strikes Back situation, it's the new airships, mm. which are freaking the, terrifying. The me- mechanist seeing that his own technology is being turned evil and used against him. like Exactly. And then that, like, heartbreaking ending, too, where it's like, okay, all the kids are getting out. Us adults are going to stay behind to get captured or killed or whatever. Yes, exactly. It's And it's so hard because that you know, because this really was their best chance. And you really wonder, you know, now you really wonder what what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, How do we possibly win now? Exactly. Um, and now it helps because we see the glimmer of hope. Zuko is going to try to go join Team Avatar. And so Aang is going to have to learn firebending, apparently. 
um, which was definitely something that was up in question. Like before this episode is like, could he just do it with just three elements? Um, mm-hmm. But now it's obvious like, no, he must become a fully realized avatar um, before this whole thing is over. Um, and so, yeah, it, it just is. I think there is just a question of the day of black sun seemed like the perfect time to get it done. If not the day of black sun, when in the world is this going to happen? Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm just trying to think if there's any other little bits of trivia um, that we just need to flesh out. Uh, Katang was confirmed. Eh. Um, yeah, which is like, okay, cool. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, which I'm not, you know, as compared to, as compare, compared to uh, Zute, Muko, whatever, my, or Zutai, or whatever, Zuko and Zuko and May. Uh-huh. As, compared to, as compared to Zuko and May, I definitely... Mako. There we go. Mako? No. Uh, <laughs> I definitely ship it more than I ship those two. But um, I don't know. It just kind of is like, eh, okay. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm not a ble- maybe I'm not as much of a bleeding heart as I allege myself to be. <laughs> or those romances just aren't set up very well, you know. Yeah, it's either yeah, exactly. It's either it's either bad audience or bad writing. One or the, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and I did oh, how could I forget about this? And Zuko's you know, and Zuko's whole discussion with his with his father, we get a very delicious bit of a delicious hint dropped. Yes, about his mom. Yes. Oh, and just and like there's you know, it's one of those interesting situations where you know he can't be lying about it. Mm-hmm. Like, he's obviously stalling, but it has to have enough truth in it to keep Zuko there. Uh-huh. And so, it's this just this delicious bit of trivia that he de- that Ozai dangles out there of. what. Well, first of all, what exactly his mom did, which we have already gone to, into on this in this podcast, so we don't need to rehash that. Mm-hmm. Um, but But just like, oh, by the way, she was exiled as well. And of course, Zuko realized, wait, she's, she's alive. alive. <laughs> just, just like, oh. What a very Azula thing to do. <laughs> yes, it is a very Azula thing to do. Like, find find the emotional weakness. Find the Suki button equivalent for, uh-huh. for Zuko and press the button. Yep. <sighs> oh, these people. Ah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I guess I do have a few other bits of trip. These are more. One of them is a complaint. Oh, what's your complaint? Avatar, Avatar State bullcrap. Eh. <laughs> I can't yeah. access it. Right. Oh, convenient for like the one episode where it'd really be nice to have it. <laughs> anyway, that's really my only complaint. Uh, Fair enough. But I don't know. Do you have anything else you want to talk about for these episodes? Um, I mean, you let me gush about Zuko for about an uninterrupted two and a half minutes, so I think I'm okay. <laughs> Are you sure? I mean, I've also been talking. I've also been talking a lot, and I gushed about Sokka and his, his great father figure. So uh, I think I think we covered it. I think it's a fantastic episode or set yes. of episodes. It's a great way to pivot us to as we're heading into the back half of season three, getting us ready to go down the final home stretch. Yes.
about to wrap up this episode. Um, as we always do, we go ahead and give a rating for the episodes. Um, and I think to keep it uh, keep it nice and concise, Beth, I guess I didn't check with you before we recorded this, but shall we keep Nightmares and Daydreams as one and then the combined Day of Black episode as another? Yes, let's do it. All right, excellent. Um, so for Nightmares and Daydreams out of five stars with decimals allowed, what did you give that one? 2.1. <laughs> 2. 2.1, wow. I would never rewatch this episode if I hadn't been made to. <laughs> Interesting. Not a fan. Yep. <laughs> Interesting. You know, I actually gave it a 3.7. Um, you know, I think the Zuko part is very compelling. I th- That's fair. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I will say, and maybe my expectations were low going into it, the comedy is cute. The whole Dragon Ball Z nightmare thing going on there is... It, it gave me a chuckle because I know what Dragon Ball Z is. Um, but, yeah, I will agree. Like, it's not a memorable episode in any in any way, shape, or form. And so, yeah, it's not a great episode. <laughs> no. Nope. Um, I think we're going to have a little bit more agreement on this next one, though. For the Day of Black Sun, how did you rate this one? Um, Since we're combining them both together, I think I have to give this one a five. And reasons? Uh, fantastic action. Good character development. Culmination of everything that we've been seeing the last few seasons leading up to this. Letting our characters fail. The, co- the confrontation between Zuko and his father. The escape of Iroh. Sokka getting to be a cool person. Hakoda getting to be an awesome father figure. Long, long list of things. <laughs> yes. And I just have to be right there with you. Like, I mentioned the Avatar State bullcrap, but even that can't diminish the 5.0 for me. Um uh. It's so good. I'm realizing a good a good 5.0 episode at this point in the series has a lot of good action in it as mm-hmm. well, which is interesting. I wouldn't have guessed that, um, but it is. It's great action and everything else. Like I don't want to just repeat everything you said because you 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 nailed it. Everything you said <laughs> is absolutely right. Um, and so yes, I agree. This is a perfect 5.0 episode. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Beth and Jordan Rewatch, where we rewatch our favorite movies and shows and discuss what we love about them. You can find all of our episodes on anchor.fm slash BJ Rewatch or on Spotify at Beth and Jordan Rewatch.